48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, an inquest in, into the death of university student Chowsey Locke during last year's protest has heard that the 22-year-old sent out a photo. An infectious diseases expert raises concerns over the large increase of COVID-19 cases from unknown sources and the best-selling British author and former secret agent John le Carre dies aged 89. An inquest looking into the death of university student Chelsea Locke during last year's protest has heard that the 22-year-old sent out a photo taken from inside a Chern Kwano car park moments before his fall there. Candice Wong has more. A police detective testified that he managed to access Chow's iPad after the incident and found that the student had sent a photo taken from the second floor of the Shentak car park towards a road intersection below. The photo was sent to a telegram group at 12.46 a.m. on November the 4th, 2019. Earlier, coroner David Cole found CCTV footage that he believes captured the moment that Chow fell from height with the timestamp 12.51 a.m., showing the moment a black shadow was seen falling. The coroner's court also heard that no surveillance camera was installed in the three lifts in the car park, nor at the eight staircases there. An infectious diseases expert says it's worrying that coronavirus cases from unknown sources have risen to by almost 50%, risen to almost 50%, saying this shows a lot of silent transmission in the community. Timmy Sung reports. Of yesterday's 91 local cases, 41 were untraceable. But Dr. Joseph Zhangto and RTHK program that so far, the virus had not mutated during the fourth wave of infections. He urged young people not to let down their guards after a 42-year woman in good health died around a week after developing symptoms. Dr. Zhang said young people may have the impression that COVID-19 affected mostly the elderly or people with chronic diseases. But he said research overseas showed a patient's condition could deteriorate quickly if they had serious complications. And a medical expert says there are pros and cons to the three COVID-19 vaccines the government is buying and people should base their decision on whether to get vaccinated on science rather than politics. Vicky Wong reports. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Ho Pak Lung says more data on the free vaccines will be available in the coming weeks. He told an RTHK program that the vaccines couldn't be compared to one another as they all had their advantages and disadvantages. Around a million doses from mainland firm Sinovac are expected in Hong Kong as early as next month. The government has purchased a total of 15 million doses from Sinovac and another firm for the first quarter of next year, with another 7.5 million doses coming from a third firm in the second quarter. Amid concerns about mainland-made vaccines, Dr Ho said people shouldn't politicise the matter because, as he put it, that could turn something good into bad. The Secretary for the Civil Service, Patrick Nip, says people arriving in Hong Kong from next Monday should book a designated hotel for quarantine, even though the quarantine scheme takes effect from the next day. He said this was just in case the flights were delayed or they had to wait for preliminary test results in non-designated hotels. Mr Nip also said officials were going to ask the 36 designated hotels if they could take in returnees as soon as Friday. Some hotels had asked if they could start earlier. He also said transport would be provided to take people directly to the designated hotels from the airport from Friday. The MTR Corporation says it's temporarily repaired a broken section of track between Austin and East Chimsar Choi stations, which had earlier caused delays on the West Rail Line. 
The rail firm says normal non-peak hour train services have resumed and maintenance personnel will follow up on the repairs when services end tonight. A film production assistant has given up an appeal against a three-month prison term over his participation in a protest outside the Changkwano police station in August last year. Yuan Ka-shing, who was on bail, was then immediately taken into custody in the High Court to serve his sentence. 23-year-old defendants had earlier pleaded guilty in Kunton Magistracy to taking part in an unlawful assembly in which more than 50 people gathered and some shone laser pointers at the station. The magistrate had said a deterrent sentence was called for in order to maintain public order. On the eve of the Electoral College vote to determine the next president of the United States, the outgoing incumbent Donald Trump has been venting his frustration on Twitter. Attacking the Supreme Court, he condemned as absurd the decision to reject his claims of electoral fraud. He also suggested without evidence that mail-in voters had received more than one ballot each. Earlier speaking to Fox News, Mr Trump reiterated his frustration with the election result. It's not over. We keep going and we're going to continue to go forward. We have numerous local cases where, you know, in some of the states that got uh, rigged and robbed from from us, uh, we won every one of them. We won Pennsylvania. We won Michigan. Uh, we won Georgia by a lot. Uh, but uh, and Wisconsin, as you know, we have a case going on as we speak. The first shipments of coronavirus vaccine have left Pfizer's factory as work is getting underway to inoculate the U.S. population. But Dr. Monsef Slowey, chief advisor to Operation Warp Speed, said he was concerned at the hesitancy shown by many Americans about the vaccine. Here's the BBC's Lebo Di Seco. The first of nearly three million doses of the Pfizer vaccine leave the firm's plant in Michigan. Packed on dry ice, they'll go out to distribution centres in all 50 states. The first immunisation could take place as early as Monday. The government says it's aiming to vaccinate 20 million people by the end of the year, 100 million by the end of February. A recent survey showed that willingness to take the vaccine has gone up, but it's still under the levels needed to achieve that all important herd immunity. The US National Security Council is looking into reports that hackers supported by an unidentified foreign government have broken into the Treasury and Department of Commerce and accessed sensitive information. Here's the BBC's Ben Lowings. The attackers are said to have been monitoring internal email traffic within the Treasury and a commerce agency dealing with internet policy. The National Security Council said it was taking all necessary steps to identify and remedy any possible issues related to the situation. According to unidentified officials cited in reports from both the Reuters news agency and the Washington Post, the hackers are thought to have been working for Russia and are understood to have targeted a top cybersecurity firm in California last week. Negotiators from the European Union and Britain are continuing to try to break the deadlock over a potential post-Brexit trade deal, with the two sides deciding to extend talks. With two weeks to go before the transition period runs out, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said both sides would make a last gasp effort to reach agreement. Despite the exhaustion after almost one year of negotiations, And despite the fact that deadlines have been missed over and over, we both think that it is responsible at this point in time to go the extra mile. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the two sides were far apart on some issues and he would not compromise on Britain's control of its own laws and fisheries. The BBC's Katia Adler looks at what's likely to happen next. 
In terms of the immediate future, the next few days, there is no deadline that's been set, although uh, both sides are saying the next couple of days are going to be crucial. Uh, definitely some progress is being made in talks. They're definitely not going backwards, is what I'm being told by um, EU sources close to the negotiations. What they're saying is... For them, no deal is really a huge deal. It will have a dramatic impact, they say, on lives and livelihoods. So as long as there is a chance in these negotiations, why on earth, they say, would they walk away from them? Emergency crews in eastern Australia have received hundreds of calls for help as what's been described as cyclone-like weather hits parts of the east coast. Severe weather warnings are in place for New South Wales and Queensland. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Waves could exceed five metres as eastern Australia braces for more punishment. Parts of the coast have been battered by abnormally high tides and damaging surf. There are fears the hazardous swell could wash away more of the beach at Byron Bay, one of Australia's most popular seaside towns. Heavy rainfall and destructive winds have brought down trees and damaged homes. Hundreds of people have called for emergency help and more wild weather is on the way. The Iraqi military says at least 42 Islamic State fighters have been killed in the past two days during an operation south of the city Mosul. Large amounts of money were also recovered by Special Forces troops. Here's the BBC, Sebastian Usher. An Iraqi military spokesman says the operation, which started on Friday, uncovered tunnels and fortified caves that IS fighters have been using to hide before staging attacks. The operation was one of many that Iraq has mounted this year against the thousands of IS fighters scattered around the country in both active and sleeper cells. Iraqi forces still rely on backup from a US-led coalition that helped defeat the group territorially. Iraqi and US commanders have expressed concern that a further reduction of the already limited U.S. troop numbers will weaken the fight against I.S. The best-selling British author and former secret agent John le Carre has died at the age of 89 after a short illness. He was working for British intelligence in 1963 when he wrote his breakthrough novel, The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, set among the paranoia of the Cold War. Several other novels about espionage followed. Le Carre believed authors and spies had a lot in common. I have often drawn the comparison between writer and spy because there is that writer's eye that is always at work whether you want it to be at work or not. It's a corrosive eye. It tries to penetrate the surface. It tries to look at the secret centre of everybody. And you can't divorce the writer from his time. It was my great fortune to be drawn into the secret world at a very exciting moment in the history of the Cold War and very quickly to perceive society in those terms. I mean, if I'd gone to sea, I would have written about the Navy. If I'd gone to advertising, I'd have written about that world. Official data shows new home prices on the mainland grew at a slower monthly pace in November, with tightening policies cooling the market in larger cities, while some smaller towns saw prices fall as demand waned. Average new home prices in 70 major cities rose 0.1% in November from the previous month, the slowest pace since March. Short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,419. That's 86 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $80 billion. Currencies, US dollars trading at 103.99 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 21 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 32 cents. Sport now, and here's Adam Chern.
We start with football. Leicester City and Southampton both gain ground in the English Premier League title race on a night the leaders Tottenham and Liverpool both drop points. Spurs remain top of the table despite giving up a late equaliser in a one-all draw at Crystal Palace. Jeffrey Schlupp level for the hosts after a mistake by goalkeeper Hugo Lloris. Spurs boss Jose Mourinho was frustrated not to get the win. I'm never okay with the point. I told that from the beginning of the season. Every game we go, we go to win. Second place Liverpool missed a chance to go top of the table after drawing one all at Fulham. Mo Salah rescued the visitors with a late penalty. Leicester City and Southampton were the biggest winners on the night as they climbed to third and fourth in the table, respectively. James Madison scored twice before Jamie Vardy added a third in Leicester's 3-0 win over Brighton. They're now just one point off the lead. Southampton were also 3-0 winners. They beat bottom side Sheffield United. Southampton are two points behind the leaders, having lost just once in their last 10 games. Arsenal have dropped four consecutive league games at home for the first time in over 60 years. Pierre-Emery Aubameyang's own goal sent them to a 1-0 loss to Burnley. Here's the BBC's John Southall. Four defeats from their last five, two goals in eight league games, one point from 15, seven defeats from 12 this season, 13 points, four consecutive home defeats in the league, and it's the first time that has happened since 1959. They're five points off the bottom three, they're in 15th, they're in a bit of trouble. In NFL football, the Kansas City Chiefs have won the AFC West Division for the fifth year in a row after beating the Dolphins 33-27 in Miami. Patrick Mahomes threw for 393 yards in the win despite being intercepted three times. The reigning Super Bowl champs improved to 12-1. The New Orleans Saints missed a chance to clinch their division. They lost 24-21 to the Philadelphia Eagles. And finally, baseball's Cleveland Indians are changing their name after 105 years. The New York Times reported that the team is moving away from a name considered racist for decades. It's not known when the name change will take effect or if the team has settled on a new moniker. Last year, the team removed the contentious Chief Wahoo logo from its caps and jerseys, but the smiling, cartoonish mascot has remained popular and merchandise is still soul bearing its image. Cleveland's move away from Indians follows a similar decision earlier this year by the NFL's Washington football team, previously known as the Redskins. And as you look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. An inquest into the death of university student Chelsea Locke during last year's protest has heard that the 22-year-old sent out a photo. Infectious disease expert raises concerns of the large increase of COVID-19 cases from unknown sources and the British author John McCarrick dies, age 89. News from RTHK. We all have low points in life that make us feel down and helpless, especially when facing stress, difficult times, and problems we think we can't solve. No matter whether you're facing mental health issues or not, you can spend time with family and friends to chat with them more and be there to listen. Let's visit shallwetalk.hk for more details. Amid the epidemic, thanks to all for being self-disciplined to protect yourselves and others. Thanks for keeping up personal and environmental hygiene and contributing to fighting the virus. We must take further steps. 
Keep track of your whereabouts. If you are sick, don't go to work or school. See the doctor and get tested promptly. We will prevail over the epidemic. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. Fight, Fight the, the virus. virus. Stay, Stay vigilant. vigilant. And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, this Monday afternoon. Monday, the 14th of December, is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew. And we sure have a busy show for you this afternoon. 
first of all, we'll be talking about managing relationships in a post-COVID-19 world. That's right. I know we're currently in the fourth wave, but let's look ahead. Let's remain hopeful. And we'll be chatting with Alison Halexa, who's a psychotherapist and also head of corporate psychology at OT&P MindWorks. That'll be in a